China is actually exercising its rights to self-preservation and self-defense, both of which are safeguarded by international law. China does not accept any dispute resolution from a third party and does not accept any dispute resolution forced on China. We can see the rationale here is that China is seeking to, to support its rather hazy, hazy and ambiguous uh, claim to around 80% of the South China Sea, uh, which is contained within its so-called nine-dash line claim. The tribunal concluded that there was no legal basis for China to claim historic rights to the resources within the sea areas, falling within the nine-dash line. That's a crucial part of the ruling from the International Tribunal for the Law of the Sea. In a landmark case, the latest news in a long-running dispute in the South China Sea. Uh, geographically, from the, from the top of the board, as it were, from the northwest and clockwise, we have the Paracel Island group disputed between China and Vietnam in the northwest. To the north, we have the Pratas Islands, which are administered by Taiwan, but also, of course, claimed by uh, mainland China. Uh, to the northeast, we have Scarborough Shoal, which is an isolated feature, which is disputed between the Philippines and China. And then the Spratly Island group in the southern part of the South China Sea uh, spread across about a quarter of a million square kilometres in the southern part of the South China Sea. You heard there my guest on Business Briefing. I am Professor Clive Schofield and I am Director of Research at the Australian National Centre for Ocean Resources and Security at the University of Wollongong. And a disclosure here, Clive was an independent expert witness to that tribunal I mentioned, sponsored to attend by the Government of the Philippines. Clive says, like island disputes around the world, claims like those in the South China Sea started with surveying by imperial colonial powers but over the decades, the dispute has continued, mostly because the islands in the South China Sea were left off in a footnote of who owns what. The six countries that surround these islands are China and Taiwan, the Philippines, Malaysia, Vietnam and Indonesia. The claims of each of the countries not only relate to the ownership of the islands, but also the maritime jurisdictions. Clive explains why the interest in the area. Now, there's been uh, a lot of debate over the potential for the South China Sea to be some form of El Dorado in terms of uh, oil and gas resources. Uh, I, I believe that those claims, and I've even seen it written that uh, the South China Sea is China's Persian Gulf, uh, I'm rather doubtful on those uh, claims. Many of the uh, estimates for oil and gas in the South China Sea are highly speculative in, in nature, not least because of these waters are so disputed. Uh, it's difficult to undertake uh, oil and gas exploration operations and surveys uh, in the absence of certainty over jurisdiction over the, the areas where acreage is leased and surveys can take place. At the same time, though, the South China Sea is highly significant from a fisheries point of view. Uh, we have an estimate of uh, produced by the uh, University of British Columbia Fisheries Centre that suggests that the South China Sea produces of the order of 12% of global fisheries catch. So we have a, an extremely abundant resource uh, that is, frankly, extremely poorly managed because of the com competition between different fishing fleets to gain access. And we've seen over the last uh, few decades that the catch has gone up and up and up, and yet analysis of uh, the actual standing stock 
the standing stock of fisheries has reduced and reduced. And we are on the brink, I feel, of a potential disaster in terms of uh, fishing stocks, which are crucial to the primary protein needs of literally hundreds of millions of people uh, facing collapse. The number of kilos of fish caught per hour of fishing effort uh, about 25 years ago, we were looking at 150 kilos per hour. Uh, now we're looking more like uh, 50. The South China Sea is also important for Australia, right? Uh, absolutely. And uh, this is where Australia's interest is, is uh, um, most obvious. Uh, since Australia is uh, highly dependent on seaborne trade, about 99% of our uh, imports and exports are carried by sea, and over half of our trade goes through through the South China Sea. Uh, beyond Australia's interest globally, uh, of the order of five trillion U.S. dollars worth of trade per annum passes through the South China Sea. Uh, of the order of one third of global trade in crude oil, and uh, uh, one half of uh, global liquefied natural gas trade passes through the South China Sea. So this area is a critical waterway from the point of view of uh, global trade, but also uh, Australia's trade. The disputes there, um, all of the disputant states have said that they are in favor of freedom of navigation. So in that sense, the disputes should not interrupt in any way that ongoing trade internationally, not least because all of the uh, states concerned are uh, very much dependent on that trade themselves. So it's a crucial consideration to keep that trade flowing freely. Nonetheless, uh, the rising of tensions really raises a significant risk because if those tensions spiral out of control and escalate into a shooting conflict, then, of course, global trade and Australian trade is put at risk by that uh, conflagration and the potential for that within the South China Sea. Australia is also in a tricky position in regards to the current tensions between China and the Philippines or any of the other nations arguing against China's claims. Can you explain this? Well, Australia's position uh, is a little bit complex, and it's made so by the fact that our our main ally is, of course, the United States, um, yet our main trading partner is China. Uh, So we are, to some extent, um, dependent or or strongly linked to China in international trade, uh, but we are, are also an ally of the U.S. Uh, and are on the same page as the U.S. in terms of desiring a rule-based international order where everyone, uh, as it were, plays from the same rule book um, and uh, respects the same uh, freedoms uh, in, the, in ocean spaces that are critical to both Australia, the U.S., and also the, the uh, states around the region. So we've got a bit of a, a, bit of a balancing act to perform uh, in order to try and preserve and maintain that rules-based order uh, and also maintain our alliance with, uh, with the U.S. at the same time as maintaining our trading relationship with China. But there is, of course, that underlying potential threat that a downturn in relations with the with China on account of our alignment to the U.S. will lead to a more difficult trading relationship with China. In in terms of uh, legal avenues, yes, it's correct that the arbitration tribunal 
is, that has been sitting in The Hague. Now, that tribunal has been brought into being by an action brought by the Philippines against China under the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, to which both China and the Philippines are parties. Now, China has rejected the jurisdiction of the tribunal, but nonetheless, in an, an earlier decision on jurisdiction, the tribunal has ruled that it has the uh, capability to go forward and by no means to settle the sovereignty disputes, as in who owns which islands, for example, uh, but really to engage with the law of the sea issues. So, for example, to be able to classify a particular feature of whether it is an island capable of a broad 200-mile exclusive economic zone claim or whether it is a mere rock which can only claim out to a 12-mile territorial sea limit or whether it is a low-tide elevation or subsurface feature which uh, are, have even less uh, maritime entitlements attached to them. So even though the decision from The Hague provides certainty on certain issues, for example, that China has no historic rights in the South China Sea, this won't resolve the tension there. In fact, it might make it worse. So are there any other legal avenues to resolve this? Uh, none of the claimant states has uh, shown any inclination whatsoever uh, about going to court uh, to try and uh, resolve the, the dispute in that manner. Uh, so we have an intractable position whereby most of the states say that their, their, their sovereignty over the features is indisputable. Um, and so you have a, a complex series of uh, multiple claims to the same feature and overlaps within overlaps uh, in terms of maritime spaces. Uh, that is, I'm afraid, unlikely to change uh, in the near term. Professor Clive Schofield from the University of Wollongong. Our theme music is by Ben Sound and I'm Jenny Henderson, Assistant Business and Economy Editor. For more coverage of this latest ruling on the South China Sea, go to the Conversations website. <laughs>